Good morning. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. Hello, hello. Um, for those uh, of you who don't know me that well, I'm Marco, and I'm from the Netherlands. Very good. Um, I have to say that because if I don't tell you where I'm from, you generally British people will try to find out where I'm from the rest of the service and not actually listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm from the Netherlands and I moved here seven years ago and actually my mum's here. She surprised me this morning. Yeah. This is incredible. I love my mum. <laughs> So yeah, um, as I said, I came here seven um, years ago, and I came here to do the training school for supernatural ministry, um, TSM in short, and um, that absolutely changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. I came here. I didn't know anyone in Bedford. I didn't know uh, about King's Arms, and I only knew just about England, let alone Bedford. So um, I came here and really encountered who God is as my father and who I am as a son in his family, really. And that just really transformed me from the inside out. You know, I always thought that God was this God that is looking through the CCTV camera and only sees things when you're doing something wrong. And actually, I got this revelation that God likes to hang out with his people and that he likes to be friends with his people. And that's something I really learned at TSM. At the same time, I did an internship with PJ here, and I had a really good time. I'm not so sure about PJ. Um, I was the last intern he had, ever. And that was seven years ago. <laughs> but I had a really good time. Um, I've got a privilege of starting a new series this morning. And the series is about life in the Spirit. And it's really, it really talks about the Galatians 5, Fruit of the Spirit. And if you don't know it, it's love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I've got the privilege to talk about joy this morning. And But before I really go into the content of my talk, I just want to tell you a little bit about my story, really. And um, which is going to be really relevant. Because I think as soon as you hear, a lot of people in this room, as soon as you hear, I'm going to talk about joy. Some of you instantly in your heart take a step back. That's not me. Um, this is not the season of joy for me. Um, and maybe it's not the quite the right time, but I just want to encourage you, hearing my story, that joy is possible for everyone. No matter where you're at in life, whether you are struggling with anxiety, whether you are doing really well in life, joy is possible for everyone. So for me, about 10 years ago, when I was still living in the Netherlands, and um, I was still living in my family home, and I was struggling with severe depression and anxiety. And it was actually so bad that um, I had to move out of my house, my family house, because what was happening is that I created an atmosphere of anxiety, of, of anger, and of just a place where it's not fun to be around. And eventually I moved out, and I moved to a small apartment in the city. And I can remember on several occasions that I would just pace the room in my little apartment, and I just knew another panic attack was brewing inside of me, and that was coming out. And this got worse and worse and worse, until a point where a therapist said to me, Marco, you've got, you need to know, you've got the worst depression there is. I think he tried to be encouraging. <laughs> so a lot of people here in the room, you would say and think, why would they say that to you? 
But the reality was I was in complete denial about what was going on in my life. And he needed to shake me a little bit and saying, what's going on in your life is not good, but we can get somewhere. So I was pacing in my apartment and I realized that I needed to seek help. I needed to find help. So I, got, I went to a therapist, I went to counseling. At the same time, I got help in church and got counseling in church. And one of my mentors in church at a time, he said to me, Marco, just go to as many Christian conferences as you can. Just go to loads of conferences and get filled with what God wants to do in your life. So I went to one. <laughs> I went to one conference, and there was a prophetic conference all about learning how to hear God's voice. And I didn't know who the speaker was, never heard him before. And about halfway through the conference, he looked at me and he said, Marco, oh, he didn't know my name, but you, can you come to the front, please? So I came to the front and he proceeded to prophesy over me. And um, he didn't know me and I didn't know him. And he proceeded to tell exactly what was going on in my life. He said, I can see this darkness that is happening. I can see the depression. I can see the anxiety. I can see a a recent relational breakup that you're going through. And he saw all this stuff. And then he said something that completely changed my life. He said, Marco, you need to know that God is doing something in you that is as pure gold. That is as pure gold. And something happened inside of me. I had not known that the God that can see all the mess in my life still says there is something happening in my heart and it's worth pursuing. And it's worth loving. And he said, Marco, I can see everything. And I still love you. I still love you and I still want to be close to you. And then the, the guy prophesied part of my destiny over me. And I had an encounter with God right there on the floor. And when I came out of the, co- out of the encounter, the conference was over. And I didn't know it at this point. But in the weeks and the months after that, I realized that my depression was completely gone. It was completely gone. And my, the joy of my salvation was being restored. So for people in this room, if you're struggling to feel joy, if you're struggling to live in joy, know my journey, know what has been going on in my life. And I still want to make this statement for everyone in this room. Joy is possible for everyone. Joy is possible for everyone. Because the reality is joy is not about an external circumstance. It's about an internal reality. And the internal reality is Jesus loves me. Jesus is for me, and that's where real joy comes from. It is not about our circumstances, although we can have joy in our circumstances, but real, real joy comes from the inside. And knowing God loves me. He sees all my mess. He sees all things that are going wrong, and He's still pursuing me. He's still for me and not against me. And so many people in this room, you feel like the psalmist in Psalm 69. Save me, O God. For the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the floods sweep over me. But here's the reality that the Bible talks about joy heck of a lot. A a lot about joy. And it's not just a mention. It's not just a footnote. It's not even an option not to have joy. There is an expectation in the Word of God that joy is possible for everyone. Now, I know because of my story, that's not always something that I'm feeling. That's not always something that that I've got hope for. But the reality is, I want to live by the truth of this. 
I want to live by the reality and the stances that the Scripture tells us about. And not by my circumstances. I'm going to let Scripture lift me higher. I'm going to get God to lift me higher about the truth of joy. The truth of our joy and our salvation. The truth that He wants to give us joy. See, that doesn't mean, now I don't have depression anymore, that I don't have any bad days anymore. That's not what it means. I've got good days and bad days. Even this week, I came home crying from work because it was a tough day. It was a tough day. And after I spent like a zombie an hour in front of Netflix, <laughs> I sat on the, room, the floor of my living room and I reminded myself how blessed I am that I know Jesus. How blessed I am that he's chosen me, that he rescued me, that he pursued me, that he came for me. And that's true for every person in this room. He has come for you. He is coming for you. And even if you're in this room and you're not a Christian yet, you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, can I encourage you? He is pursuing you today. He is pursuing to you. He is for you and not against you. And he wants to bring joy in your life. He's not necessarily mean that your trials are going to be over, but something internal is going to set you free. Something internal is going to happen. And just like Chris Valentin said last week, it's one thing to get free and it's another one to stay free. See, 10 years I got free, and now I've been partnering with God for the last 10 years how to stay free. And I'm just going to talk to you about a couple of lessons that I have learned about how to partner with God to receive joy in my life, because that is possible for every person in this room. And the main thing is really to find joy in our salvation. See, we can see this in the book of Isaiah. And in the book of Isaiah is... 700 years, Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus arrived on the scene. And Isaiah prophesies when the king is here and when the kingdom comes, talking about Jesus, when that happens, one of the signs of the kingdom will be an outrageous joy. It will be outrageous joy. This is how you will recognize the kingdom, he says. And 700 years later, when Jesus arrives on the scene, that's actually what's happening. Now, you need to know something about the time of where Isaiah is being written. It's been written in the time where there was warfare and unrest in Israel and in Judah. So he prophesied to Judah, especially in the last bit of the book, where he prophesied about the Babylonian exile. And what the Babylonians did, they invaded the country, and they took, the, especially the intellectuals, the important people in the country, and uh, any significant uh, leaders, they would take them and they would bring them into exile to separate them from the country. A really tough time, especially because that was the promised land. It was the land, the physical land was the promised land for Israel from God. So they were taken out from that. So there was lots of despair. There was lots of anxiety, I'm guessing. And this is what Isaiah says, take hope. Because when Jesus will arrive, one of the signs will be joy. One of the signs will be joy. Now, if you want to know more about the signs of the kingdom and about the signs of the kingdom, especially in Isaiah, I just want to recommend Phil's book to you, Multiplying Disciples, as well, because it describes one of the tools that is in there is about the brightness tool, and it talks about other signs of the kingdom, like peace, joy, salvation, the presence of God, justice. So I just want to really recommend learning more about that. Now we move on 700 years, and we arrive at the time that Jesus actually arrives, the time that Isaiah prophesied uh, about. 
Now, Jesus arrives on the scene, and there is this one moment in Luke 10 that I absolutely love. And in this passage, Jesus sends out the disciples. And he sends out 72 disciples, and he says, I will give you authority to release healing and to release peace in the surrounding towns and villages. Now, go out and do it. Now, by the way, King's Arms, this is exactly the same mandate that we've got. That you've got, every person in this room, we've got the mandate to go out into our surrounding places, in our workplace, in us raising our children, whatever you are doing for your week. We have a mandate to release healing and wholeness into our environment and also to release peace in our surrounding towns and villages. Exactly the same mandate. Now, Jesus is doing that to the disciples. And after a while, the the disciples return And it says this, they returned joyfully. And they said to Jesus, even the demons obey us when we use your name, Jesus. This is incredible. We've never seen anything like this. Even the demons obey us. And they were really joyful. And Jesus says, yes, that's because I've given you authority in heaven and earth. But do not rejoice that you have seen success and that the evil spirits obey you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that your names are registered in heaven. He said, sure, it's great to enjoy your success, your ministry success. But the real joy comes from our names are written in heaven. And it says a big stamp of acceptance over it. Acceptance over it. And write the next verse. It's the new paragraph in the Bible. Which write the next verse. It says... And Jesus, in that moment, was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now, why was he filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit? I don't think because the disciples were so successful in their ministry. It's because Jesus thought to himself, it's worked. It's worked. Actually, there is communion between God and humanity again. We can have friendship with God again. It has worked. This is the gospel, the good news, that we can actually commune with God. We can actually have friendship with Jesus. And our names are registered in heaven, not because of our mess, but because of his success. This is what Jesus is so joyful about. And now my message this morning is, let's remember... That our names are written in heaven. No matter if you are having success in your life or if you don't feel like you're having success. It's irrelevant really. It's what is relevant is his success. His success on the cross and in the resurrection. I think that's good news. See, real joy comes from internally. From remembering our salvation. And this is what Corin Ten Boom said, one of my heroes. It was not the ministry success that made my life worthwhile. It was my journey of watching the faithfulness of God all my days. Now, if you don't know her story, that's an outrageous statement. That is an absolutely outrageous statement because she was persecuted in the Nazi concentration camps together with her sister. She saw her sister die right in front of her. And then after that, when she came out, she received the forgiveness of God and extended that to her captors. And there's loads of stories about that. But then she goes into ministry for the rest of her life. And she looks back at the end of her life. And she's not saying, wow, what a success I've had and seeing all that I've seen. 
She said, wow, hasn't God been faithful all my days? That's made my life worthwhile. Not my success, not even what has gone wrong, but because I can recognize the faithfulness of God. Isn't that an attitude of a son or a daughter? A daughter? The attitude is, no matter what is happening to my life, I'm recognizing the goodness of God. Because if we look, we will find that He is good, and that He is faithful, and that He is for us, and not against us. And again and again, Scripture reminds us to remind ourselves of our salvation. I did a little bit of a word study, and I went, especially through the Old Testament, Old Testament about the concept of remembrance. I find one or two scriptures coming on the screen, hopefully. Here we go. Just one or two. And um, I, there was more, but I couldn't fit it on the screen. So here is, we're not going to read them all, don't worry. But here is the concept that again and again and again, God instructs His people, remember that it was me that rescued you. Remember that it was me that rescued you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Remember, remember, remember. Now, the second most important event in Scripture, almost, I think, apart from Jesus' cross and resurrection, in the Old Testament specifically, is about God rescuing His people out of the land of Egypt. They would have been in slavery for 400 years, and God rescued them and then um, sends them through the desert and into the promised land. Now, that is the moment the book Deuteronomy is written, right after that. And in Deuteronomy alone, it says 15 times to remember that it was God that rescued them. That's almost like having a breakthrough in your own life. Maybe you just had a healing, or Jesus is setting you free from addiction, or your marriage is being restored, or you just had a great day at work, or your children were fantastic this week, and you are celebrating. This is a good day. This is a good week. And you go to bed. The next day, you wake up. And you look on your phone on Instagram or on Facebook, but you have 15 text messages from Jesus himself after your day of breakthrough. And he says 15 times, remember that it was me that rescued you out of the land of slavery. Remember that it was me that put that goodness in your life. Remember that it was me that helped you raise your children. Remember that it was me that made your work successful. Remember, remember, remember. And real joy comes from remembering our salvation. And what God did in the natural for the Israelites, He did in the spiritual for us. He rescued us from slavery. He rescued us from darkness. He rescued us from mess into a life of abundance and life of goodness of God. He rescued us. And my message this morning is real joy comes from the internal reality that He is good and that He rescued us from the land of slavery. Remember Deuteronomy. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness. Take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Remember the Lord God. He is the one that gives you power to be successful. This is Deuteronomy. And even Jesus, when he is instant, right at the end of his ministry, before he leaves, he talks about communion and he says, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember, remember, remember. 
our joy comes from remembering His faithfulness. Even a couple of years ago when I started leading TSM, the course I was talking about, uh, initially it went really well. The launch weekend was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And as the weeks went on and as the months went on, I actually found myself getting more and more anxious. And just the performance inside of me to do a good job and to make sure that people are getting breakthrough. Even the name Training for Supernatural Ministry, leading something like that creates pressure. You know, you need to see the supernatural stuff. <laughs> and um, actually, I just found that quite, quite anxious I was about it. And by the time I went to Christmas, got to Christmas, the anxiety was so high. I was like, I can't cope with this. I can't keep continue with this. Something is, uh, something is not right. And I went home to the Netherlands, and I had an encounter with God through Deuteronomy 8. And Deuteronomy 8, in that chapter alone, it says five times, remember that, remember God. Remember that it was Him that rescued you. And I realized, oh, I forgot. I forgot. I'm focused on everything that is not going like I wanted to, rather than focusing on what God is doing, on the breakthroughs that I do see. And I'm, I need to learn how to celebrate what God is doing in people's lives, rather than be focused on my circumstances. So I started practicing gratitude. And what I did is for several months, every night before I went to bed, I thanked God for five things in my day. What happened or how He helped me. And they were really simple. I said, thank you, God, that my work is my worship today. Thank you, God, that I got to love my colleague really well. Thank you, God, that I had a productive day. Thank you, God, that etc., etc. I just went on and on. And I did that for five, five things every day. If I had a particular hard day, I would do ten things. Just so that I could learn to recognize God's presence in my life. Just so I could renew my thinking, renew my thinking, and God is present. It's really logical, really. One of the names of God is God Emmanuel, which is God with us. If God is with us and He is always good, good things are happening in my life. And if I'm struggling with anxiety, a lot of the times, not always, a lot of the times, it's because I'm not recognizing the goodness of God in my day. Within two months, the first two months, nothing happened. But after two months, anxiety just left. It was completely gone because I was just focused. Even through my day, I was like, oh, God, thank you so much for this. Thank you for that. And I just started to get excited and just joy started bubbling up inside of me. What was happening? Remembering that it's God. Remembering that it's Jesus with us that is giving us real, real authentic joy. This is what Pete Gregg says. Find out what makes you happy in God and make a discipline out of it. I don't mind if you do the gratitude thing. I don't mind how you do it. But find something that makes you happy in God and make a discipline out of, God, out of it. Because it will continually remind you that God is with you. God is with you. Now, practicing gratitude does not mean that we ignore pain or trauma or trials. But what it does mean is that we do not put pain on the throne of our lives. We put Jesus on the throne of our lives. And that is really important. The last thing I want to do is ignore pain. Is to ignore the things that are going on in our lives. I don't think that is right. Which is why we do a lot about in the healing at King's Arms. Which is why we have things like Sozo and the Transformation Center. It is so important to us because that will bring us freedom. But let us not put pain on the throne of our lives. Let's put Jesus on the throne of our lives. Because He is the solution to everything. 
And even preparing for this message about joy, it is funny that no matter what subject you talk about, Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the point. That's the only thing that is really worth talking about. That's where it comes from. That's where life comes from. So let's not put pain in the pinnacle of our lives. Let's not focus all the time about that. Let's focus on what God is doing rather than stumbling over what he's not doing. And celebrate each other's breakthroughs in that. And King's Arms, let us be a church who put worship and thanksgiving right up there. Right up there. One of the things that I noticed was when I was practicing gratitude, not only did I get joy because I was thankful, I started getting joy because I got hope. And suddenly I realized God has been so good to me yesterday and the day before and all my years before that. And if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, why wouldn't he do it again tomorrow? Why wouldn't he be good to me again tomorrow or to the people around me? Suddenly hope started bubbling up in me. That's the reality of living in gratitude that I think, oh, he's good today. What is going to happen tomorrow? And I started getting giggly about it because I cycle to work. I'm Dutch, I cycle. I cycle to work and... I'm thanking God. And it's like, oh, thank you so much that you are with me, that you are God Emmanuel. Thank you that my work is my worship. Now, I know that you are good, and I know that you are with me. So that must mean something good is going to happen today. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a miracle. I don't know if it's a great conversation or just a good productive day. But I know something's going to happen. And suddenly this expectation is building up in me. How can I partner with you, God, to see something really fun happening? God, I actually don't care what's going to happen, but I want to partner with it. Don't know what your plans are, but let's do it. Let's do it. I just want to encourage everyone in this room. When you become thankful about yesterday, you get hope and faith for tomorrow. See, a lot of anxiety, not all anxiety, but definitely all my anxiety is rooted in this. I do not trust that God will be as good to me tomorrow as he was yesterday. And anxiety for me is trying to get to that place myself, rather than letting God fill me up in that. You know, and lastly, what I want to say is, there is so much joy in enjoying God's presence. So much joy in enjoying God's presence. We can enjoy him because he was good yesterday. We can enjoy him because we can't wait to see what happens tomorrow. But oh my gosh, Jesus himself is with us. And we can just rest in his goodness and his faithfulness towards us. You know the word Eden from the Garden of Eden means pleasure. The word means pleasure. You know that you and I are created for pleasure. It is not wrong to pursue happiness. The question is, where does your happiness come from? Does it come from walking with him in the cool of the day? Or does it come from your next big experience in life? Does it come from your next holiday? That's good to enjoy that stuff. But oh, let's enjoy his presence. Enjoy his presence. For me, everything changed when I read John Piper. And this is, um, this is what C.S. Lewis said and John Piper after that. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. And then John Piper said, 
God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Pursuing satisfaction in God is absolutely essential to your Christian faith. If your satisfaction in God diminishes, your capacity to glorify Him diminishes. It is absolutely key, like in Psalm 37, it says, delight yourself in the Lord. And my favorite verse in the whole Bible is this, in Isaiah 12, verse 3. For with joy we will draw waters from the wells of salvation. Whew, we can feast on that. I just want to encourage everyone in this room, and then we're going to pray. If we become grat- grateful and thankful for what God has done in our lives, joy bubbles up. When we enjoy His presence in the presence, joy bubbles up. When we enjoy God for tomorrow, joy bubbles up. And I see this again and again at TSM. We even had one lady, she struggled with depression for 40 years. And she came to TSM and she laughed solidly for the whole nine months. At the back of the room. Solidly for nine months. Why? Not because we were so funny. (laughs) Although we are funny. But because the joy of her salvation was being restored. Another guy, he had even been a, a pastor before. He had been pastor and he'd gone through tremendous disappointment. And he came to TSM broken. And at the end of the year, he said, he stood up and gave a testimony in front of everyone. And he said, you know what? The main thing that happened this year, my joy of my salvation is being restored. And I believe that this is what God wants to do in this room today. He wants to, if, if you don't need the restoration, he wants to increase it. If you need the restoration of your joy, he is here to do right that today. And I've got faith and expectation. I'm giggly. I'm excited about what God wants to do in this moment. Because I think and I believe he wants to heal people's hearts. And he wants to restore the expectation of his presence in your life. Whether you are feeling him even in this moment or right now or not. It doesn't matter. The reality is God is Emmanuel. He's omnipresent. He's with us. And he is inside of you if you're a Christian. Shall we stand? And we're going to pray. Just start receiving from the Father. I just believe God wants to do fun things today. And however you receive is totally okay. For some people, they open their hands just as a sign of receiving from God. Some people have their eyes closed. Some people have their eyes open. I don't mind what you do, but receive from the present God. Don't focus on me. Focus on Him presence right now. So I say, Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for our salvation. Thank you that you rescued us from slavery. Thank you that we can have joy in our lives. Thank you, God. Let me read Romans 15 over you. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So right now, I release hope in this room. I release peace in this room. I say anxiety, leave right now in the name of Jesus. This is something I've got faith for. If you are struggling with depression or anxiety, I say be free in the name of Jesus. I say any spiritual oppression about this, leave in the name of Jesus. I release hope to you. I release joy to you. I release peace into you right now in the name of Jesus. And I release joy right now. I release joy right now in every person in this room. 
not flaky joy, deep, 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 deep joy that God has saved us. And I just want to say, if you have not given your life to Jesus yet this morning, this is your moment. This is your moment. And I just want, if that's you and your heart start beating while I start talking about that, just open your hands or put your hands on your heart and just repeat after me. Father, thank you so much that you love me. Thank you, Jesus, that you want to rescue me. And I receive your eternal life right now. Thank you that you forgive me. I receive your abundant life and I give my life to serve you. Amen. If that is you, I would just love for you to be brave and respond and just quickly wave at me and saying, that's me. I've done that for the first time. Just quickly wave at me. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Anyone else? Here, just wave at me if you received God's presence for the first time in your life. So right now, everyone that put their hand up, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you right now in the name of Jesus.